Luke chapter 11, and I want to ask you this morning is that what if you were one of Jesus' core disciples and um, you were with him day in, you were with him day out, I mean, you were walking around with him and you saw him do many things. You saw him walk on water. You saw him turn the water to wine. You saw him heal lepers. Uh, You saw him take two fish and five loaves, and you saw him multiply them. And after witnessing all of what you saw after you walked with Jesus day in and day out, what is it, if you could only make one request of him, what is it that you would request that Jesus do for you? I mean, you, you can think about that, and you, you, you could uh, think about what's that one request uh, that I would ask of him. And, and, and wouldn't it be cool to be able to do what no one else can do and walk on water? Wouldn't that be pretty cool? How about, you know, some buddies of mine in college would have loved this request of been the, having the ability to turn water into wine. What about uh, if, 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 if uh, you could give instructions like Jesus did and, uh, and, 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 and instruct someone to do something and then they pull out a provision that's more than enough? Or what about the time that he turned uh, these two fish and, and five loaves and he multiplied them and the 5,000 were fed? There was one thing that they wanted uh, more than any other thing, and they had seen Jesus do a, a lot. And in Luke chapter 11, verse 1, Come on, champions, let's read that together like we know it is the word of his power. Let's read it together now. Now he came to pass as he was praying in a certain place when he ceased that one of his disciples said to him, Lord, teach us to pray as John also taught his disciples. You know, it's interesting. Of all the things that they saw Jesus do, the turning of water to wine. They saw him walk on water. They saw him, well, you know, what, wouldn't it be cool to be able to control the temperature or the weather? So in August, you know, we wouldn't have to deal with the 100-degree weather. That when it uh, started getting up toward 90 and 100, we could, like, speak and have California weather year-round. But, but, they, but they asked him for one thing. They said, Lord, teach us how to pray. Because they recognized that when Jesus prayed, things changed. And so rather than having the one thing, what they could have was to learn. As he says, walk with me, work, uh, work with me, watch how I do it, and learn the unforced rhythms of grace. That they could watch this one thing, and they could learn this one thing, and then things would change in their own individual lives. And so, um, as I shared with you a little bit earlier, my objective today is that you would be motivated to pray. Secondly, that you would know and have the knowledge of how to pray. And then thirdly, that you desire to pray no matter what you see, no matter what you're going through. And so, there are uh, three things that I want you to write down today in the categories that I'm going to be focusing on. And the first thing that I want you to write down is access. 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 And so if you're taking notes, just write down notes that we can note takers or winners. And so Jesus told his disciples that he would pay the price so that they could have access, access. And so in the book of Matthew, chapter 6, you don't have to turn there because we're going to read it out of the Message Bible this morning. 
But I want you to take a look at this, and I want you to read that with me in the book of Matthew, chapter 16. And we're going to look at verse 19. Would you read that with me together? Now, you will have complete and free access. Stop right there. This is where Jesus was talking, uh, and he was, he was talking to his disciples, and he said to them, he says that, look, uh, when you get a revelation of who I am, that I'm going to give you keys, and these keys are going to give you access. I want you to notice this. We give people keys so that they can have access so that we don't have to let them in, right? Is that, so if you're at, at, at home and you're in the bed and you're asleep and someone's visiting or coming to your house and you trust them, that you give them a key. Why? So you don't have to get up and let them in. So there is access that God has given us that in many regards that uh, uh, we can have full confidence to know that what he's given us access to that we can possess. And so let's start at the top and let's read it one more time in Matthew chapter 16. Let's read it together now. You will have complete and free access to God's kingdom, keys to open any and every door, no more barriers between heaven and earth, earth and heaven. Now, notice this. He says that you're going to have free access. And I love the way he says, he says, complete and free access. You know what? There is a generation who did not uh, have access to God. And this generation that did not have access to God, what Jesus did is Jesus paid the price so that we could have access to him. And so we have a bloodline, and this bloodline is what gives us access to God. And he gives us access to God through Jesus Christ. Now, as we talk about prayer, um, I want to emphasize a couple of things, because as sons and daughters of God, uh, you and I have been given access to the Father, and it's a privilege that we have been given access. And you know what? I just don't know if we use the access the way we ought to, or as often as we should. Let me give you an example. When I think about having access, we have our youngest son, Jonathan, um, several years ago when our children were really, really small, I was in a meeting and I was discussing a number of different things and, and uh, the door opens and Jonathan, our youngest son, walks in. Now, the, we were uh, planning and looking at some things, talking about some things, but when he walked in, the atmosphere and the mood of the room changed. Why? It's because when I recognized him, I said, hey, son, hey, John, what's going on? What's happening? And so everything stopped uh, when he came into the room. Now, at, we, we, we don't let anybody, when you're having a meeting, you don't just let anybody into the room. But because he was my son and he was related to me, that he had access. And now, because of our relationship, his access now gave him access to my world. As sons and daughters of God, we have access to God's world. And so what prayer does is that prayer, it gives us access to God. And not only does it give us access to him, but what it does is it gives us access to his world, but then it also gives God access to our world. So notice this. You have access to God's world, and then now God has access to your world. And how does that happen? Through prayer. Now, Hebrews chapter 4, verse 15 and 16. 
Bible gives us some really good instructions as it talks about uh, prayer. And let's read verse 15. Let's read it together now. For we do not have a high priest who is unable to sympathize and understand our weaknesses and temptations, but one who has been tempted, knowing exactly how it feels to be human in every respect as we are, yet without... Now, isn't that amazing? Notice this. We have... Let's go back to 15. Look at this. We have a high priest. And who is our high priest? Jesus is our high priest. And you notice this that he know exactly how it feels to be human. So isn't it wonderful to know that we have a high priest who have experienced everything that we have experienced in our lives, and he knows what we feel, he knows what we go through, he knows what conditions we might live in because he came to earth as a human. And so he knows how it feels to be human. And so it's not, we're not talking to someone who has no idea of what it's like living a life that we live. The Bible says that he was tempted, but yet he did not commit any sin. Now, when we look at that, uh, the, the following verse in verse 16, notice what it says in verse 16. It says these words, therefore, let us with what privilege approach the throne of grace, that is, the throne of God's gracious favor, with confidence and without fear. My God. And so how does God want us to approach Him? With confidence and without fear. So when we look at that and we say, wow, there's a privilege that we have to come to God, to approach Him. One translation says, let us come boldly into the throne of grace. Now, why is it? So that we may receive mercy for our failures and find His amazing grace to help in time of need and appropriate blessing coming just at the right moment. Now, isn't that good to know that we pray and we pray uh, through Jesus to our Father, and we have confidence and we can come without fear. Why? It's because we can receive mercy for our failures and we can receive grace in time of need. Why? It's because God is waiting for, uh, to give us an appropriate blessing at the right time. You know what? There's a song when I grew up. I grew up in church. How many of you grew up Baptist? Just lift your hand. How many of you grew up Catholic? Okay, in the Baptist church, we used to sing, in, in the Baptist church in Elm Grove, Louisiana, we used to sing this song that, um, that he may not come when you want to, but he's right what? Now, so it says that we should come to him with confidence and what? Without fear. And so when we think about that as we should come to him with confidence, what is it? When we talk about confidence, how do we know that we have confidence when we come in prayer? How do we know that we have confidence? And, 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 and a confident person, they listen more than they speak. They listen more than they speak. Why? It's because they don't have to prove anything. They don't have to prove how much they know. And so they listen, and the reason that they listen is so that they can grow. And so a confident person, so God says that what I want you to do is I want, to come to, uh, I want you to come to me, and I know that you're going to talk to me, but I want you to listen more than you talk. Now, look at this. 
The second one says, uh, a confident person don't crave approval of praise. They're not, they don't have to have praise. They don't have to be recognized. A confident person. Uh, and usually what happens is that when a person is, is confident and they get praise, they'll uh, cause the attention to fall on someone else. Because they don't want the attention on them. Because they don't have to prove anything. Because they are confident. And the third thing it says is that a confident person, they're not afraid to ask for help. If you're confident, you're not afraid to ask to help for help. And, and, and what's interesting, though, is that we, have been, we live in this world and we have been taught through living how to fake people out. And so as a result of it, that we don't want people to really get a good feel of who we are, what we go through, what we're experiencing in life. But people still know that no matter how perfect things appear, that there are still challenges that we experience. And so let me give you an analogy of this. How many of you have a friend, a really good friend, and you know your friend pretty well? And, and you may go to your friend and you may say, hey, what's going on? But it looks like something's bothering him. And what do they say? Nothing. I'm all right. But you know them so well and you know that it's not true. So what are they doing? Faking you out, trying to fake you out. If you're married in here and guys, and you know something's up with your wife, she's quiet. She's not saying much. And you ask her, you say, you say, honey, what's wrong? And she says, nothing. But you know it's been going on for hours. And you know it's not normal. And so you ask her again, honey, what's, what's happening? What's wrong? What's going on? I'm fine. I told you ain't nothing wrong. And so you now are a great discerner of the Spirit, and you know what that means. That means that, you know, something is wrong with me, something is bothering me, and it's you. And I need you to figure out what you did that's making me feel the way I feel. Brothers, can I get some love in the house? And so what's happened is that we've been conditioned in our life. We've been conditioned in life. Uh, uh, to fake people out. Hebrews 4 tells us that we are to come with confidence and without fear. And why is it that we can come with confidence? Why is it that we don't have to crave approval? Uh, why is it that we can listen more than we speak? Why is it that we can come and, and ask for help? It is because we can, re we can receive mercy for our failure. So you don't have to get um, insecure because of how you've missed it in the past. You know, there are some things that are right in your life and that's all together. There are some things that are not that good in your life. And there are some things that are just have fallen apart and broken in your life. But notice what God says. He said, if you come with, to me with confidence and without fear, you can receive mercy for what? For your failures. And you can receive grace to help you in time of need. And so if we know that God's grace is to help us, 
then we can go to God and we can talk to Him and we can be straight up, we can be honest with Him, and we can tell God exactly how we feel. And so what God wants to do is God wants to put you back together again, but He can't put you back together again unless you're willing to give Him all the pieces. So look at this. Access. Would you say access? So we have access to God so that we could receive mercy and so that we can receive grace for our failures and also whenever we need help. Now, so the second thing that I want you to see here is plan, a plan. We we have access, and then now we have to have a plan. You know what? When I talk about planning, sometimes we get stuck. Uh, and, and we get stuck on how to pray and what to pray for. And so we know that the Bible tells us that God taught his disciples how to pray. And, and when we look at that, it's really important that we kind of uh, uh, share that uh, prayer is not performance. And, and, and prayer is not a formula that must be followed. But it's really about relationship. When I, when I look at that and I, I begin to uh, think about prayer, I be, begin to think about performance, I begin to think about uh, this formula that you've got to pray this way. And let me just kind of say this with, to you. Um, in the church today, I don't know how many messages we hear on how to hear the voice of God. Oh, I just want to know how to hear the voice of God. Have you heard uh, someone say that? But, but you know what? There's no place in the Bible where it says step one, step two, step three, step four, step five to hear the voice of God. Nowhere does the Bible say this is how you learn how to hear the voice of God. Because he says a sheep hears my voice. And so rather than studying how to hear the voice of God, there should be much study on how to become a sheep. When we think about this and we talk about prayers, not performance, I think about in school of ministry because when I went to school of ministry, man, I was there with some people that really prayed, man. They prayed and they would walk and they would pray and, man, I would be walking close to them and I would repeat after what I heard them and they would pray and it was just so strong. And so what would happen is that we would come together and we would we'd pray um, individually and then we'd come together and, and, and form a circle around the auditorium. And, and they would call on different people to pray. And they, called on, they would call on me sometimes. And when they called on me, I came from the Baptist church. And when they called on me, it was intimidating. Because I was intimidated wondering if I knew how to say the right thing. If I knew how to use the right words. And so I was intimidated whenever they would call on me. Do you know what's, a, uh, what's important? is that God began to show me, and he has to constantly remind me week after week, month after month, is that you cannot please him when you're trying to impress other people. It's going to set somebody free today. You can't please him when you're trying to impress others. And so, uh, so, so we, we have confidence, we, we don't have fear, and we can just... In relationship, be open and honest with God, and we can share with God exactly how we feel. And you don't have to worry about impressing other people. Why? It's because the whole objective is that you want to please please God. And so, so it's important then to understand when I kind of talk about a plan for prayer, 
it's important then to understand that there's no one size fit all. That, you know what, um, you can't pray like um, another one of our elders. You may not be able to pray like some of the other intercessors or prayer warders, warriors. You may not be able to, to pray. But, but one size doesn't fit all. Some people, God created and designed all of us different. And some people, that their most effective prayer is walking. So they may go out on their daily five-mile walk or three-mile walk, and they may pray while they're walking. That may be their most effective time. Other people, their most effective time is when they are uh, in a quiet place or in their closet, prayer closet. Is, uh, or in other people, their most effective time may be when they're in the car driving in traffic and they really need to pray. So, so uh, there are different uh, sizes, and, and really, one of the things that I wanted to uh, really impress upon you is that there are different ways that you can, exp- you can pray and different situations you can pray in, but prayer is always best expressed in your personal wiring, that God has wired all of us different and unique, and prayer is best as- expressed in our personal wiring. And what I want you to do is I want you to look at, uh, at somebody uh, around you, just the person around you, the close person either on one side or the other around you. Just look at them. I just check them out. Look them all over. Just check them out. Now, I want you to look at their nose. Now, can you imagine what that nose would look like on your body? Now, I want you to look at them again. Look at them. So just look at them. Just check them out. And look at their hairstyle. Now, can you imagine that hairstyle on you? Now, see, 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 what I'm trying to get you to see is that God created all of us different, and, and he's, he gave all of us a personal wiring, and, and, and so our, 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 our prayer is best expressed in our own personal wiring. And so you can't uh, imitate someone else and believe that your prayers will be as effective as God desires. And so what God does is he takes the sincerity of our prayers on how he wired us and also the season that we're in at the moment. Oh, my God, isn't that good? That he takes our personal wiring and he, and he, and, and he takes the sincerity of it based on how he's wired us and the season that we're in at the moment. See, you may pray different ways at different seasons that you're in. Some seasons you may be going through very challenging times and your prayer life may be quite different in another season where things seem to be flowing all together. Well, let me give you an example. See, I'm in different seasons of my life. There was a time when I was, uh, I was in uh, college, and, and I would never schedule evening classes uh, there were, uh, most semesters. In, in, in most of my semesters, there was only probably one semester that I had an evening class. Uh, but I had my classes from 8, and at 12 o'clock, I want to be done. Monday. Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, Friday. And so what I was able to do, I was in a season of my life where I could go home and take a nap before I went to my next job. And I remember that I could go and I could take a nap. It was around 3 o'clock in the afternoon. I remember that because General Hospital was on. Luke and Laura. 
Y'all don't know what I'm talking about. But see, there were other seasons in my life where I couldn't take a nap. And so there are different seasons that we have and we experience uh, in, our, in our lives. And so what's important then is that we recognize that some of you in here may be mothers and maybe fathers and, and your children really drive your schedule. And, and, and you believe that, you know what, when I didn't have kids or, or when our kids were younger, I could really hear the voice of God and you condemn yourself. But you're just in a different season. And, and what God does is he speaks to us and he allows us to speak to him in ordinary moments of the day. And so we don't have to complicate what God has given us access to. We can simplify the very thing. And so uh, what, what I want to do is I just want to share with you just a little bit of kind of like how uh, what my prayer life is, 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 is like. And, and um, not that I'm, uh, I, I'm trying to place any guilt on anybody. But I don't worry about anything. Ask Gwen. She'll tell you, I don't worry about anything. I used to worry about everything. But I got delivered from that. Now, I may be concerned, but I don't worry. Because God has grown me up. And, and I got to tell you that um, now um, there's such a great confidence in God. There, there's such a great, um, that I can go to God and I can talk to him about what I don't know. Whereas there was a time that I went to him and talked to him about everything I knew. And so, so what you have to do is you, 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 you just say, you know what, Man, I don't know what's happening. I don't know what I need to pray, but maybe I'll just open my Bible and I'll just pray the word. Why? Because when you pray the word, you're praying the will of God. So whatever it is. And so that's kind of how I do it. I, I may walk around and say, I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. Philippians 4. God can do anything uh, greater and more. He can blow my imagination. I start uh, quoting Message Bible with Amplified and New King James. He can, he can do anything according to the power that works in me. There is nothing too hard for God. I'm just walking around. I'm just praying. I'm just talking to God. And, and, and when I come to that place, and as I'm praying, that I recognize is that uh, these scriptures are the word of God, and so it just becomes a part. And you may not know a lot of scriptures, but out of the sincerity of your heart and the season that you're living in, you just talk to God right where you are. And you don't have to try to remember a formula. What he said that, let the little children come unto me in many times the simplest form is the most affected. And I just be, be, began to just uh, declare and to say uh, those words. And you know what? Sometimes I pray in the Holy Spirit. Oh, pastor pray in the Holy Spirit. Yeah. Romans 8, 26 says that, that there's a time when you know what you ought to pray for and you, do, and, and you pray in the understanding. But there's a time when you don't know what you ought to pray for, you pray in the Spirit. And see, what happens is that God is able to cause my prayer life and level to go beyond my own comprehension and understanding. So access, he's given us access, that we have a plan where God has created us different. And what uh, fits someone else may not fit me. 
so I can't imitate someone else. And then last one is perspective. Would you say perspective? Perspective is really important because how you see something will determine uh, many times how you respond. You know, you can pr- pray for something that you have not seen. And if, you, if your perspective is not right, then it will discourage you if you don't see the results. Perhaps you may have prayed for a sister and that sister died. You prayed for someone's marriage, but they broke up. You prayed for a promotion, but they got fired. And if you have the wrong perspective, then you'll start doubting God that I I don't know why God didn't do this for me, that he doesn't love me, or the enemy will speak all types of things to you. Or if you don't doubt God, you'll doubt yourself and say, I didn't have enough faith for them to be healed. I did not have enough faith for their relationship to be restored. I did not have enough faith. To, to get that promotion. And you'll start questioning yourself, which will cause you not to have confidence and to go with him without fear. So we have to have the right perspective. What is the right perspective? In Mark chapter 6, verse 14, uh, what happens is that, notice when Jesus prayed. The Bible says, and when he had taken the five loaves and the two fish... He looked up to heaven and he blessed them. What was his perspective? He looked up to heaven. What about when Jesus prayed and Lazarus was dead? And the Bible says in the book of, I believe it was John chapter 11. It says, so they rolled the stone aside. Then Jesus what? Then Jesus looked up to heaven and he said, Father, thank you for hearing me. Notice his perspective. He looked up to heaven. And so uh, Jesus did not look at the lack of resources. He did not look at the impossibilities of his circumstances. But he looked up to the Father. That was his perspective. That's where he recognized that the answer would come from. And that's what God wants from us. So you should never feel like you're not qualified to pray. You have access And God has wired you different than anyone else. And he's saying that you talk to me according to how I have wired you. And you talk to me based on the season that you're in. And then when you talk to me, what I want you to do is I want you to submit it in faith and have complete trust and begin to look up to the Father. And be fully persuaded that whatever it is, you have the confidence to know That when you pray, he hears you, and because he hears you, he grants your petition. Would you repeat this after me? I have access. God has given me a plan, a personal wiring. And I will see God from his perspective, not from my problem.